0: with us right now, it's Greg Cagle. Greg, you are a coach, you are a speaker, uh, you are a consultant, uh, and you are found on the web at GoCagle.com. Greg Cagle, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Josh.
0: You know, your subtitle here that's coming up, I I see it says, Be Weird. Uh, Why is it that uh, leaders in business ought to embrace their weirdness?
1: Yeah, so that uh, it, uh, th- that is something that I wrote a book on on this a few years back, and the 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 purpose was to help leaders understand that authenticity is the best way to lead people. And you, you, if you ask any leader, you ask them, "Hey, is trust an important part of the relationship between leader and, and follower?" And they always say yes. And but but what they sometimes don't understand is. That, that trust is built mostly from uh, a standpoint of authenticity. Many times leaders get wrapped up in feeling like They have to be all things to all people and, and all this, and they lose, they lose their own identity. And so Be Weird is all about, hey, understanding your uniqueness, your weirdness, the value proposition that you bring to people. And then on top of that, how you interact with them authentically is critical in expanding your influence with them. So that, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. Why is that so important today?
1: Well, I think today, maybe it's more important than ever because we tend to live right now in a society, in a world that promotes a certain image, uh, promotes a certain uh, identity that people feel like they have to fall into. And what, what my research has shown me over the years in working with companies, many companies actually, without intending to, Build what we call this leadership success box. And everyone within the organization said, ah, if you want to be successful here, you got to kind of fit into this box. Mm-hmm. And what we're, what we, every bit of research that shows that's not the case. And authenticity is what people are compelled to follow and it's what influences people's thinking, uh, it influences their behaviors, and it influences the way they interact with you. And um, that's really kind of what. Uh, culture is. Uh, And so leaders, leaders who are authentic, build the best cultures.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm curious about the application to those of us who uh, are, are are audience facing or client facing. Um, maybe we're actively producing content and, and content on social media. And I remember I had this one conversation with someone and she's, she was, I don't know what kind of coach she was, but she was asking me, Josh, don't you think you should tone it down a bit? And I'm like, well, You know, because, because she said, I get exhausted. Uh, I get a little bit exhausted for you. And I'm like, I I get that. But at the same time, this is just the way that I'm wired. Uh, And, and, and for me to feel like I constantly have to tone it down feels disingenuous. I'm okay. Like you don't have to worry about me. Like I, for whatever reason, you know, I'm an acquired taste and I'm, the, oh, this is this is the question I want to get to my in a roundabout way here is um first off, it feels more authentic to me to just kind of know who I am and and, and just kind of stay with that. Um, oh, darn it. Now I forgot the question. It was really good, and it's gonna to come to me after I get your thoughts. <laughs> on kind of what I just said with no question mark. (laughs) Well, so
1: I'll just go back to to the the, the lady that asked you the question, don't you think you ought to tone it back? I I think a great question in return might've been, please help me understand why I would. Because, uh, hey, this is Josh and there's 7.6 billion people on the planet. There's one with my DNA strand. That's it, I'm the only one. I kind of feel an obligation to live out um, <laughs> that that authenticity in who I am and I'm high energy. Uh, that passion to many people is contagious and that energy to many people is contagious. And, you know, I, 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 the, look, the, the problem with that question is that behind there seems to be this attitude that you have to appeal to everyone. Mm. Well, why would that be the case? Uh, the truth of the matter is, you're you're here for a specific purpose and a reason in the season you're wired to be able to fulfill that purpose if that's the case there's a there's a certain number of people who are going to gravitate to that if you don't do it you're cheating them and if you try to be something you're not you're not even going to serve the other people because you're you're disingenuous they're going to pick up on that there's no influence in that and so you lose on both ends and so I, I love, I, I love what you said. I'm an acquired taste. I tell people all the time, I'm like a hundred year old Scotch. You don't like me the first time you drink me, but if you just keep on after a while, you know, I, I get that. But, but, but it, you know, the people who are compelled to want to hear what I have to say and interact with me in a way that's meaningful uh, are going to do that. And others, they're going to move on and find, you know, their Scotch, their acquired taste. Mm. Now, maybe maybe you know, maybe you see it different, Josh. I don't know, but that's that's kind of my philosophy. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. And and, and that th- this confirms a few things. Now that said, I do believe that there's probably perhaps let's say that someone is found or or they get a lot of feedback that they're just abrasive and and or perhaps they're not. Uh, they're not creating a, a company culture that so they might be saying they want something in their culture, but then the way that they're showing up in their company, there's a dichotomy there. So they might be coming into it. And again, that the abrasiveness, how do you deal with that when someone's personality, mm, not necessarily getting what they want uh, on at the, at the at the end of the day?
1: Yeah, that is a fantastic question. You threw the word culture in here, and I just finished a book that just came out in October, uh, maybe it was November, called "The Four Dimensions of Culture and the Leaders Who Shape It." And you're right, leaders who say, "Hey, I want a respectful environment," and yet they are abrasive or uh, or aggressive in the way that they interact with people. They're 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 building a culture that's contrary to what they what they say. But here's here's a distinct difference now let's not confuse behaviors with authenticity. There's no such thing as being naturally hardwired to be abrasive to people. There's no no one is hardwired to be disrespectful. Those are behaviors. Now I may have a personality that is challenging. And if I choose to manifest that personality in a way that I challenge people in an abusive abrasive way, that's a problem that has to change. In fact, as a coach, many leaders that I coach, I help them fulfill their challenging nature through more of an inquisitive approach rather than a confronting approach. So, for example, let's say you and I are adamantly disagreeing on something. and We work together now. I could come at you really hard. And I can say, Josh, you know, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Let me let me explain. I can't believe you believe that. Now, that's me challenging you in an abusive or abrasive, disrespectful way. Or I could say, wow, Josh, that is so different than the way my mind works. Help me understand that better. Tell me why you believe that. Tell me what's really driving that. Help me understand as much as I possibly can about that so that maybe my perspective is shifted. I'm still challenging your thought process, but what I'm doing is I'm engaging you in a conversation in a way that um, uh, 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 in, in implies that I think you have something to say, but I'm still challenging it. I can still exercise my authentic nature. I mean, anyone that works with me uh, any length of time, Josh, if you interviewed him, one of the things they would say is, oh, you better be ready because it, it, he will. he is more than willing to challenge things. Right. But yeah. I don't think you would find anyone that would say he is disrespectful. And so that's the difference between authenticity and behavior. And so we, we want to live out our authentic self, but in a way that is received by people in the value that it was intended to give. So you may not be a challenger. I suspect you are. But maybe you're you know, if you're not, you know, you may be a deep thinker. You may be an analytic, so um, you know I, I have to fulfill the challenging role in our relationship. You have to fulfill the analytical side of our relationship. Yeah. Collectively, we work together and we're multiplied. Um, but but if we get if we get off track in our authenticity, then we're not serving each other, or we're not serving the purpose we're meant to serve. That's a long yeah. answer. Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and well, and I, I was going to ask you about this too, about you know attracting in. So let's say I'm a founder. And I I know my per I know my personality type, I, I know my weirdness. Um and I also knowing that, I know where I, I know the type of work I just don't enjoy. I know uh so for example, like in, in, in our organization, my COO is like she is the yin to my yang. <laughs> and that is you know she's the she's the she's the roy to my Walt Disney right it's kind of our dynamic and it is just such a great fit because she has eyes for things that are blind spots to me similarly i bring things you know to organization that she's not hardwired for or doesn't want, you know, just doesn't really have an interest to kind of see, filter the world that way. Can you talk a bit about, you know, kind of building out your organization, your leadership team, or, you know, the people around you to supplement, like, stay stay in like completely nerd out and geek out on who you are be authentic i love this concept and then for those areas where they're just not you know you can attract people to fill in those gaps
1: yeah gosh gosh, this is so good that you're bringing this up because first of all let's recognize one thing we're none of us are wired to be at an advantage in every situation The first thing you have to acknowledge is if I'm trying to be all things to all people, I'm letting somebody down, right? And I'm not serving the organization or the people or whatever it is that I'm serving. I'm not serving them well. And so there are situations, leadership is situational. That's number one. And what I mean by that is there are situations that arise in business uh, cadence and business rhythms every single day. And as they arise, there are certain some some of those situations you are absolutely wired to attack 100 percent and you are in your power alley when you go after them. And so it, it, it's it's understanding when you're an advantage. Now, there are other situations that are going to come up. and It sounds like you've already un- unpacked a lot of those where, you know, for a fact, can I do this? Sure, I could. I could do head down. I could work ethic uh, you know, uh, through it. Um, but, but would I really, would I really do it well? And so, you know, that you're at a disadvantage. The key, the key there is, um, situational or, or, uh, excuse me, uh, um, self-awareness and social awareness equals leadership competence. And so when I'm self-aware, I, I I recognize the situation. Oh gosh, I'm at a disadvantage. Social awareness says, uh, in my social environment, Who is hardwired to fit that perfectly? It's my COO. Let let me just turn this loose. I go from leader to follower. I go from leader to partner. I go from leader to to supporter. Because now I'm like, hey, you lead this initiative. Because this is right in your alley. Let me know where I can support. And that that really says, I want to build an organization where I am authentic to who I am. And I want everyone around me to be authentic to who they are. Now, does that give us an excuse to say, oh, Josh, I don't really like to do that. So I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. No, no. We all have to do things that we don't necessarily enjoy, that's kind of drains our energy, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but, But, but but what we really are, are most concerned about is day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. Are we are we following the path of our passion where we are wired to be successful? You know, introverts are a great example. Mm-hmm. They get a hard time in the business world. And, you know, uh, there's tons of data out there that says there are fewer introverted leaders than there are extroverted leaders. And that's because we have this, this false uh, sense of You know, whoever can speak well, whoever is engaging makes better leaders when the truth of the matter is some of the best leaders on the planet uh, have been introverts. Uh, And so there's this perceived uh, thing. uh, But if an introvert tries to be an extrovert so that they can get that leadership position in that success box that that organization has unintentionally created, they're not going to get there because they're going to be seen as someone who is not is, is phony. And, and, and if you're not authentic, Josh, be, be honest, answer this question for me. There are people that you have in your life, relationships you have, you love being around them and you love being around them for one simple reason. They absolutely know who they are. They're extremely comfortable in their own skin. Oh. And as a result, you trust them with your wallet and your wife. And authenticity is, 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 is a, the biggest bridge of trust you can build. Mm-hmm. Because we just we, we uh, and with authenticity right behind that is vulnerability, because if I'm authentic, then I have to say to my COO, I'm not good at this. That's a vulnerable statement. Uh, Can you help me with this? That is a vulnerable statement. Now, if I'm authentic and vulnerable to you, do you lose respect when I say I need your help? I don't know. I can't do this well. Or do you gain respect that I, I do that, and so with that with that authenticity and with that vulnerability that goes with authenticity, trust is accelerated, uh, and um, and respect becomes uh, a big part of the relationship.
0: I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, I, I love this in business, and you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you, and and, and when I see this in art or it's particularly performing, performing art. So let's say a great dancer, singer, um, performer of some sort, and they are 100% authentic and vulnerable on stage or, you know, however you're consuming that art. Those are the moments that that beauty of their vulnerability and authenticity moves me to tears because I know that they are doing exactly what they were put on the earth to do. And that it's just like, it, there's just something so magical and beautiful about that.
1: I, I can't believe you used that example because I was listening to a song the other day on Spotify and it was a song from the seventies. Uh, original, I forget who the original artist was, I didn't really care for it in the seventies, and I really don't care about it now. This particular performer performed that song with you. You could feel the authenticity in it, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Gosh, I've known that song. I love that song." And right. I, I put it in my library, my song library. I said, "This, this touched me. This moved yeah. me. Yeah, uh, it had an emotional impact. Same words, same you know, same lyric, everything, but." Uh, a performer to your to your point the performer did it from their point of view from their perspective and with yep. their authentic nature
0: you watch uh johnny cash perform the song hurt and there is I, I cannot get through that music video without bawling because it just comes across like you just feel every vulnerable emotion and regret and things that you know and it's just he's like is leaving his heart out on the table in that song, uh, took a great Nine Inch Nails song and and believe it or not, made it even better. Uh, but you know that that was kind of the example that I was immediately thinking of. It, it, you know, in that that you know where you've been so moved to tears by that vulnerability. Um, you know, as business leaders, I love the fact that you're bringing up this concept. You know, can we aspire to be more authentic and vulnerable and just trust that you know? Th- You know, some people are going to naturally, and by the way, this serves as a great filter as well for the people. We talked about this a little bit earlier on, but this serves as a great filter for people you don't want in your life. Like, uh, you know, there's a certain personality type in business. It's not a good fit for me. And I am okay being who I am and just acknowledging eh, it's okay. Like you don't have to work with everybody. Um, you know, Greg, I, I apologize because I know we're kind of running short on time. This this conversation deserves to be at least two to three times as long. So I want to leave people wanting more, as do I. Uh, your website is gokagle.com. Your book in particular uh, is called Be Weird, Success, uh, Succeed in Life and Business Simply by Being you uh and of course that's on amazon and everywhere else um but um it, when someone goes to your website what else would you recommend that they do
1: yeah so it's interesting i'm right in the middle of shifting some things on my website because we did a we did a follow-up book we talked about leaders and we said look how do you you know, be authentic and when you do that you're going to lead lead really well and you're going to impact and influence people and then we took that a step further and said, well, how do you build an authentic culture mm. within your organization? So we, we, we wrote a book on culture. It's called The Four Dimensions of Culture. I won't get into the details of it. but And the subtitle is, And the Leaders Who Shape It. So uh, I would encourage people to ch- check out both pieces of content there on my website. Because if you're a leader and you're leading an organization and you want the best of people, number one, you need to be authentic. You need to help them be authentic, but you need to understand how all of that builds the culture that is healthy, that is exciting, that is energetic and synergistic. And when you build that culture, when you do that, uh, you go out and you really force the competition to react to you. And when they're reacting to you, they can't beat you. And uh, so uh, that—that's really what we're all about. That's what we—that's t- what we're trying to get leaders to understand. Uh, in, in a nutshell, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, congratulations on the launch of that. Again, the four dimensions of culture and the leaders who shape it, uh, and that's by the way is also for my audiobook loving friends. Uh, that's on Audi- uh, on Audible as well, so you could sure. so you could pick that one up. Uh, Greg Kegel, uh, uh, yeah, Greg Kegel. Thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation. Uh, love, I love, love, love the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.